Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's 9 p.m. here in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. And tonight I thought I'd talk to you about something that's quite close to my heart and close to my soul. Of course, kids and traveling with them and tips for how they learn better when they travel uh, and the gear that we love to use to make our whole experience together much more memorable. I'm Roberto, your show host of A Life Extraordinary. For the last 15 years, 10 to 15 years, I've been living quite a different lifestyle. One where I paddled upstream, I went against the norm, I used to be a businessman that became a photographer, videographer, show host, kids camp owner, and uh, ex-Discovery Channel show host as well. And, uh, and I've worn many hats on, on these uh, different businesses and, uh, and jaunts into uh, different lifestyles. Um, I've lived out of a van down by the river, the lake, the pond, the mountain. <laughs> and I've fortunately uh, gotten to travel all over the world, uh, literally on hundreds of flights. And, and I'm grateful for all of that. Uh, I think that personally even from myself traveling as a young kid with my parents, it made me learn so much more while traveling than, uh, than I would have learned if I just had stayed at home or gone to traditional schooling. So today, the tangent that I want to take or the, the leash that I want to tie is between Elon Musk and his train of thought on how children should learn at school and how travel is indeed uh, a way of mimicking what he speaks about as being the ideal way to teach children all about life. So for those unaware, Elon um, was dissatisfied with the schooling system that was already in place for his children, obviously. And uh, instead of being, uh, you know, said, okay, whatever, I'll be satisfied and send my kids to a schooling type of system that I don't believe in, he decided to create his own school. And that he named Ad Astra, as in Reach for the Stars. So I think that's really neat, definitely. And, uh, and I think that a lot of the ideas that they, that they uh, teach or use to teach at this school are very similar to the benefits of travel. So to kick it off a bit, um, let's go to what he said. He said, I just didn't see, Elon said, I just didn't see the regular schools we're doing the things I thought should be done. Um, instead of putting children uh, by ability together, uh, I mean by age together, you group them by ability. And, and having children that are in similar age uh, groups, I think, is very beneficial to this as well. There's a schooling system in my town called the Waldorf where kids are grouped, some between grade one and two, some grade two and three, three and four, etc. And, and I think that this allows children to learn at different speeds because the, the child that is at the rear of the class per se when it comes to math um, might be very athletic and uh, be at the same level as the kid that's two to three years older uh, than him in sports. And in the, by the same token, um, that kid might not be advanced as math uh, and so feels much more comfortable by going to the level of a kid that's, that's younger. 
Um, and I think that, you know, the schooling systems where they put grades, uh, yes, it, it's great in the regards of it helps to create competition and striving for doing better. But when a child receives a bad grade, uh, it's absolutely demotivating. So I'm not a big believer in the grading system. Indeed, in my own life, I saw that a lot of the people in school that were scholastically very intelligent uh, and had straight A's and whatnot, um, were many of them were not nearly as successful as some of the kids that did not have straight A's and that did seem to have uh, a different type of personality or uh, were just a bit different per se. Um, and, I th- and, I, and I look back at my childhood because in my case, I went to a private school where for 10 years I went to school with the same kids. So it's funny that I, I guess I compare, which is a terrible thing to do because we sh- none of us should ever do that, but <laughs> to, those, to those kids. And so I think it's important um, that in our young age, we don't pit children against each other in regards to success. While I do understand that when a child applies uh, in, in the, in, when they're playing and they, they're, they're striving to win, and that striving to win in whatever scenario makes them learn. But when you add the negativity of a bad grade, then that's, I think, something that the schooling system and or a simple life or more sedentary life with a child just doesn't reach the level of travel. So if a child learns by, uh, by winning and, and playing games, then when we're traveling, so much becomes a game. For example, uh, knowing that uh, the window seat is the best seat and then uh, figuring out over the travels, the kids say, okay, daddy, we got to go at the front of the line. <coughs> Why? Because I want to make sure to get a window seat. Um, and things like that, that, that really teach children in a real life setting, um, how to problem solve. And, and I think that happens a lot in travels because travels are never smooth. So, so if you're frequently figuring out how to change tickets, go to different hotels, end up in a tuk-tuk, which is like a, a motorcycle moped, uh, that sits through people instead of ending up in a cab, um, all these changes that, that come with travel, um, be- becomes become teaching tools for the children when it comes to um, to learning uh, all the different ways that they can adapt and problem solve uh, to do all these things. So, so I think that's you know one of the cornerstones in my seeing my kids grow up is that you know I'm really delighted that we have three kids that are in a similar age group because I already I can already see on my eldest two that they each have their own capabilities that are completely different, you know. Um, Mikio's extremely inte- uh, uh, interesting and inquisitive and, and curious and, and analytical. And Catalina is like exuberant and athletic and adventurous and less cautious, and whereas Mikio's more cautious. So, so, and she sings and he likes uh, figuring out problem-solving related games. So what if we... Uh, through our travels, try and focus on their abilities when we're traveling as a fun way to teach. Because if kids enjoy learning, and as they should, then then isn't it spectacular um, that they become geniuses, little geniuses, because not geniuses, but very, very intellectually adept 
uh, intelligent, uh, self-confident, uh, and all that, thanks to uh, the tools of travel. So on our trips, for example, um, Mikio will, would often, we would often stay at different villas all over the world and hotels. And what this did is that while his sister was still a baby, um, and even before she came along, he would be, he learned to be uh, very approaching to children and very uh, flexible to being in different places. So he'll go up to kids and say, hi, do you want to play with me? Like anywhere in the world under any scenario. And, and he's always keen on it. And I think this has given him that character of being a very open uh, boy uh, that, that's confident in going up to other people and asking them to play. And of course, he sees the benefit, the winning in between quotation marks, of the joy of playing with another kid and um, playing with their toys. <laughs> so so that's, that's an import, important thing. Um, I, think the, I think Elon said that the, the more we can gamify the process of learning, the better. And, and I think that's, that's you know, so well said because one, one of the things that I've tried to do with my children is like, okay, uh, hey, daddy, uh, Katlina will say, hey, daddy, can I have a glass of water? And, uh, and I jokingly would say, well, only if you ask me in Spanish. Uh, and then I'll repeat to her, me puedes dar un vaso de agua. And she'll say, me puedes dar un vaso de agua. And she figures it out. And, and then we do, and we do it in a jovial way that for her is a game of like, ooh, if I want to get the thing I want, I need to, to learn that thing. And so my children speak three, well, they, they understand three languages perfectly, almost perfectly. And they speak, uh, at least two to three languages, depending on what scenario. For example, Mikio goes to French school and he speaks in French at school, but he doesn't want to speak in French to us because obviously he knows that English and Spanish are easier uh, to speak to us. But again, that's the gamification of, of, of learning. And uh, that's how we try it. And, you know, I've also learned that I'm not the best to teach my kid everything. Obviously, I'm good at teaching certain things to my kid and other people are much better at teaching other things completely to them as well. And therefore, I'm very grateful to teachers. But when I'm traveling, it's almost a game for the whole family of making it through the, these, these adventures and logistics. And sometimes Mickey will go, hey, Daddy, did we find the right van or the right truck? Because what he's basically saying is he knows that that's often one of the things we confront with all the gear that we carry of not being able to find the right rental vehicle. So he sees it as a game and there's problem solving in that. Um, I know other parents that, that one, one couple once told me, uh, wow, you know, we left our house once and our daughter just started to scream all night at the hotel that we were at. Um, and after this third day, we, we said never again and we went home. Um, children that are habituated to be in a routine that is at home will tend to love and focus on home much more than they will be on being put out of their comfort zone. And I think one of the, the neat things that travel does um, is that it takes kids and it puts them outside of their comfort zone, but it teaches them to be comfortable when they're in that scenario. So to be curled up on a plane in an uncomfortable lap for four hours becomes a game of, hey, I got to be on a plane. And daddy and mommy kept telling me, we're going on a plane and it's a big plane. So, so discomfort while travel, uh, I think makes children very adaptable 
And, uh, and for this reason, you know, my kids are, are habituated to moving around so very, very much that, uh, that really they, they're happy anywhere they may be as long as they're with us. And that, the, as long as they're with us, I think, was in the very early years in particular. Now they're a lot more comfortable and happy to be left alone with other friends. Indeed, actually, for the last year, we've noticed they don't really care if we leave for a while. <laughs> um, and I think, again, that's the adaptability both from having meeting new people constantly on travelers and, and going to different places. Now, I must add a caveat that uh, Catalina, my second daughter, she's just turned three. She, um, she, she's the type that uh, doesn't like it when uh, we're gone from home too long. And the reason is, is that during the pandemic, we obviously spent so much more time segment of her life at home than we ever had with Mikio and uh, and or before ourselves without so so it was of all of the people in our members in our little family she's definitely the one that sometimes would turn to me and say daddy when are we going back to Whistler and I asked her would you want to like right now we're in Mexico and I asked her do you want to go back uh, to Whistler do you want to stay here and she's like I want to go back to the snow that's really neat that she loves she loves that but anyways my point is that because she didn't get to travel as much as Mikio did, she tends to be the one that is more attached to home. So I can only imagine the kids that never, ever leave home from travels, how they become uh, closed in on that. And, you know, here's a, a, a strange but rough uh, analogy. Fleas <laughs> can jump eight inches high, but when in a closed jar for three days, they will never jump higher than the lid's height and their offspring mimics their parents and only jumps the same height and i gotta say the fact to fact um that uh that many many kids never aspire to do more than what they learned with their family or with their parents and um and it's very sad because breaking the mold is indeed hard um and whatever it may be you know i broke the mold uh, in my family, also not being uh, religious and, and not being a believer, um, and only you know seeing the world in, in a in a different way on that. And I think in any mold breaking, it's difficult for people um, to do that. And so I can only imagine for children that are never got to travel, never got to experience different things. The, it's a massive discomfort to try and get out of that comfort. Excuse me, I'm going to have a little bit of water here. Mm. Thank you very much. Um, so, so anyways, on all that tangent, it's just that I find that travel gives so much opportunity. And if you do have parents that tend to be, or if the parents are people that tend to be uh, stay-at-home parents, when they take their kids traveling, they take them out of the comfort zone. And if they're able to gamify it and make everything fun and pleasant... Then, then the kids learn tremendously. Now, if the parents' vibe is very concerned and stressed, um, I think this has an, obviously a negative effect on the kids and why the kids don't want to travel often after that or simply that they don't learn uh, because they see it as a stressful experience. I, you know, I had difficulty with math uh, when I was a kid and every time I would get blocked, I would be super anxious about it and being in a competitive school... Uh, it was very difficult for me to be like, oh, I I'm, I'm have a C constantly in math and I just can't get above it. Um, but yet 
I became a basketball player in school and I like even scored a 50 point game, I must say. That is a, a massive accomplishment. <laughs> I still hold the record at my high school for the most points scored in a game. And my point with all of that is to say that uh, if I focused on my basketball and that gave me self-confidence. So if you focus on the abilities of the kids in order to give them self-confidence, it's particularly when you're traveling, then this adds uh, so much to the learning experience and to the confidence the kids have. Indeed, because of my parents' early travels, I've always been comfortable like, yeah, hey, I'm just going to jump on a plane and go to uh, East Asia or uh, San Diego or Argentina because I've done it so many times that I I'm not by any means scared by the thought, but so many people that I know are just like see it as daunting um, and I think that's another thing that, that the kids learning is because it's one thing to talk about, oh, well, my kid's learning to count. And it's another thing to talk about what are the feelings that my kid learned by traveling and by being all to those places. Maybe my kid can't count to 152, but what if he's self-confident to be able to go up to any kid and chat and uh, swim and get on planes and trains and automobiles and find comfort and discomfort, there is a massive value to that type of intelligence, if you can call it, that isn't the traditional intelligence uh, or, or any, uh, by any means the things that are taught in schools today. Um, and that's so sad, isn't it? You know, even now in my talking about all of this, I'm like, I find, obviously, I've been able to take my kids on so many travels and so much more than, than other people, but, uh, but I'm still, now that we have three, seeing that we're becoming, or at least my wife and the kids, become a little bit more sedentary uh, just because of logistics and whatnot. So can I send my kids to Ad Astra? You, you think he'll have space? But I'd have to move to California, is it? <laughs> um, but anyways, these are, these are just some of the the things that I think are important to be taking into account when you're thinking about what educational value will my kid receive uh, on travel. It's enormous, you know, uh, anything from problem solving to comfort in discomfort to uh, learning to get on planes and trains and automobiles and paying, you know, when your kid wants to pay for something because they're mimicking you on that note once one time, Mikio mimicking, um, actually took a hard drive and threw it in the garbage because he was mimicking that we throw stuff in the garbage. And unfortunately, he also threw the backup hard drive of that other hard drive in the garbage. I was devastated. <laughs> but mimic mimicking, and if the kids are mimicking on the trip, um, they learn so much that uh, that is just absolutely unconventional. Um, you know, uh, there's another aspect to travel, which I find to be RV travel and camper van travel. Uh, this is a different place and way of, of learning for the children uh, because if you have that safety net feeling of I'm sleeping in the same bed every day and this is home. Um, but at the same time, every day you're waking up in a different campground, different forest, different environment, the desert, whatever it may be. Uh, we named our Airstream Happy because Mikio was always just simply so excited to, to be going to the Airstream, and he always is. Um, indeed, it's to them, to the kids, uh, happy is one of our homes. Happy is home, 
our home home is home, um, but they're both home. And, and the, the learning of, you know, we've been to uh, the great sand dunes and to the mountains and Mickey has seen emerald waters and we teach him about the stars. And uh, he learned, you know, another thing with travel is, and especially that type of travel is the physical um, leaps and bounds that your kid takes, you know, kids that are only accustomed to walking on very uh, even ground uh, is, aren't as uh, athletic often as the kid that can jump stones and jump over rocks and, and slide because those motor skills are acquired at a very young age. Um, and, and that's one thing that I've seen in my children is that they're, you know, they can jump down sand dunes, they can teeter over stuff, uh, they can go on little rails, they, they, because they're, they've learned by uh, the trial and error of traveling out of the airstream and having natural landscape to be their environment of playing. You know, uh, here in Mexico, kids don't, you, you know, particularly middle and upper class kids, don't, they don't go for walks to the park nearby because the parks are dangerous and you don't walk at night and you don't walk during the morning. And then there's just so much lack of safety that you wouldn't really take your kid to in a lot of places. So these parents, and I've been seeing this online recently on watching stories of some of my friends, they take their kids to jungle gyms that are basically like uh, little obstacle courses with a, a coach that shows them, okay, now climb up this and jump down that and do this thing and, and getting their motor skills up. And for my children, the environment, the outdoor environment and the international travel environment becomes their playground and the terrain is constantly changing. And so I would never feel, and I have never felt that I would have to send my kid to one of those things because they're already very athletic from doing those things to, you know, Katarina is a swimmer and she's a swimmer that's, that she can swim close to the edge, but stay too long in the deep end. Uh, and she, she might not be comfortable, but she's a good enough swimmer and swimmer and a confident enough swimmer now. And she's only just turned three and she's been like, so for, for months that she will jump from the edge or jump into the pool and then swim back to the edge and just do this repeatedly. Um, and, and she's become so athletic from it. And today people at the pool where we're at now are constantly saying like, Hey, like, how old is your kid? Cause my kid's like six and has his arm floaties and things like that. Arm floaters. Um, and I'm like, don't worry, don't worry. We have a pool at home. So this, and, and during the pandemic, she lived in it to make, to make people feel you know better because you know, it is tough sometimes to see your kid and be like, why isn't my kid swimming and that kid swimming? And they're the same age. And it's because they don't learn the same things at the same time. And, and a de comparison is definitely a, a, a dangerous thing for adults and kids. Um, and my mom was always really good about saying, you know, Roberto, you're really good at being an extrovert and athletic and adventurous. And your brother is very intellectually intelligent and good at those things. But he wishes he had your qualities and you wish you had his qualities. And I think by reinforcing to children that we all are special in our different ways, it gives them that confidence. But with travel, the added part about doing it in a travel way is that there aren't bad grades. And bad grades is something that I think really crushes the soul. <laughs> I, I remember in, in high school, I, was, I wanted to be on the honor roll and I made the honor roll. 
And my teacher called me and she was like, I, I went to a school called Selwyn House in Montreal, a private school, everyone in ties. And I was, and it's a really tough school. So like a, a 70 would, could be like an 85 in a public school. Technically, we were much more advanced. Um, and I made the honor roll and I was super delighted, excited. And the teacher has to call me like the day before the awards ceremony because she's like, oh, I'm so sorry, but... Uh, you didn't make the honor roll. The school uh, calculated you to like 79.8, so you didn't get the 80 required. And I was like, <laughs> freaking jerks. And I started to cry um, because I had put so much effort. I was in grade eight then. I'd put so much effort in making the honor roll um, that that I was devastated when when they said that. And frankly put, after that catalytic or moment, I didn't give t two shits anymore about uh, about getting the best grades. I also had the confidence of being uh, very athletic at that grade and starting to be very good at basketball and soccer and all those sports. So, so I I gained the confidence in 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 being the best on the basketball team and one of the best on the soccer team to to feel that I was. Uh, you know, to feel a good self-esteem. And, uh, and I think self-esteem is, is part of our whole education. And so with travel, if you, because you're not giving grades to your, to your kids, then whenever mistakes are made, as they will be, um, then, then your self-esteem doesn't go uh, down the pipes. And, and I think that's very important uh, as well. So, so you know, so, so many tangents here uh, between Elon's train of thought. And, you know, one of the things I do think about with him is that the guy's a workaholic, right? So, so and that's pretty documented. So his kids spend the majority of their time, obviously, uh, in school. Whereas a parent like myself and, and Shireen, uh, the kids spend a, a, a significant portion of their days uh, with us. But that is only gradually changing uh, and, I, and I was going to say, what programs are my kids in? So my boy is in a French school, uh, French Emergent Kindergarten. Right now he can miss whenever he wants. So, for example, now we're away from uh, Whistler for a month and, and there's frankly no problem. Um, then, uh, then he's also on Fridays at ski school, which is across the street from our place. And uh, while I could always teach him skiing, a big part of the learning is when kids learn from each other by watching each other uh, at ski school, just like they watch each other on a trip when you're at the pool uh, and playing. And so, so gamification again and fun of doing stuff, whether it's phys learning physical activities or learning uh, intellectual stuff, I think is, is super important. Then Katarina's in the Waldorf system, which is kind of one of those schools that uh, is pretty holistic and focuses more about the kids' uh, basic uh, abilities and, and, and uh, pursuing, pushing those abilities and, and uh, you know, watering those abilities, as they would say, uh, so that they bloom. And, uh, and she's in that school, but it's a private school, and it's like 10 grand uh, a year. So it's, uh, it is tricky, <laughs> as they say, for, uh, for a family of three kids now. But anyway, so she's there in pre-kindergarten, three days a week, and then two days a week, um, we've got uh, her in ski school, and she's three. So, so imagine that uh, she is that little bomber on the mountains, 
um, that not only learns to ski by playing with other kids, but also by, uh, by actually getting on the hill. And we get so excited when we're going to do laps on the mountain and we see our little ones in their ski school uh, because we know that they're learning something that, uh, that we really want to do uh, with them. Um, I also wanted to talk about uh, that with travel, you experience different cultures and that's something that you just can't get out of a textbook. Um, I was very fortunate to be in an extremely multicultural uh, city and school, uh, you know, two official languages, um, but yet my classmates were Chinese, Mexican, Korean, um, uh, every, for everywhere, all over the world, uh, Jewish, uh, Muslim, um, uh, Israeli, they're from everywhere. And, um, and I think, so I never really understood uh, to, for, well, for a long time, I didn't really understand racism because, um, because I was, I just saw everyone as being the same, <laughs> um, irrelevant of your skin color or, uh, and, and, you know, that's the great thing about that private school is that everyone's dressed the same too. So you just, everyone, you, f you feel the playing uh, field is so completely uh, level. Um, and I think that, that for children that don't grow up in an environment as this one, travel replaces um, being, not growing up uh, surrounded by different cultures. Because if you don't go to Mexico, Thailand, Malaysia, Korea, Singapore, Alaska, Northwest Territories, and you don't go all to all these places and see yourself, how people live differently, how the infrastructure is different, how the, the topography and the geography uh, is different, how the people are, are different, what cultures they have, what mannerisms, whatever, you know, you don't start to see the world as being all, you know, so, so similar and, and so, so much learning on how we are all the same, uh, just from, just from different skin colors and, and locations. But at the same time, we are all different from, from these and hence our cultures. And so by, by learning these different cultures, there's a massive knowledge in simply being more aware of our space on the planet and in this uh, life and, and just as others and, and aware of, of how other people live and are. And I think that's a big part of learning that we don't quantify uh, as much because we never say, well, how much did you learn about how people are uh, awesome and equal and relevant to where they come from and that we're all special? And no, you, you only learn a lot of that from, from traveling. Um, I think also by traveling, the kids obviously become much more malleable uh, to different scenarios. And like I mentioned earlier, particularly the uncomfortable ones, it's where it's important that they almost see that part of, uh, of it as a game. You know, we do a lot of backcountry camping and that's a different type of travel. And I think it's a type of travel that they learn from a lot because anything from listening, truly listening to the sounds of crackling woods outside the tent versus reading your child a story about a kid in a tent listening to the crackling noises outside of the tent. Well, obviously, the one experience is so much more uh, real and lived and uh, impactful on the child than the other. 
um, you just don't get the same out of the book. You don't get the same out of seeing wildlife and, and really comprehending, you know, when Mikio saw an elk, he was like, whoa, that thing is huge. Um, and when, when we look at the stars and I, you know, point out the constellation I named him after and things like that, these are, it's a way of teaching that comes from, from being in the outdoors, from traveling, uh, from not being sedentary. Now, I'm the first to, to admit that I come from privilege. So I come from a, a background that I was able to get top-notch uh, schooling. I was able to uh, learn so very much from my parents and how they manage themselves in the business world that I've always seen being an entrepreneur as being a normal thing. Whereas children that came from some households that their parents are not entrepreneurs or they have very uh, nor, uh, norm, I guess, n normal jobs that aren't uh, entrepreneurial, that aren't, they're not their own boss and whatnot, um, is very different. They, they, they see daunted by it and they're like, well, how do I start? And I'm like, well, you just open a bank account and you register the company and da 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 da. And, and so, so I think that's just, it's just a natural thing that, that our children um, will mimic and, uh, and see the possibilities, not just by what we read to them and say, oh, you could be whatever you want to be but by demonstrating to them that, hey, you know, if I can be whatever I want to be and live my lifestyle, then you can too. And, and there's Im immense value in that type of, of learning, I think. Um, another big thing with travel is that we're able to let our kids take risks, um, whether it be from climbing a tree um, or jumping into the water or Katarina can not tread water too long in the middle of the pool, and yet I'm extremely confident about that she's always able to get back to the edge because, I'm, for one, we always leave somebody watching her uh, if it's not us, but at the same time, that's just a backup <laughs> because in the early days, I do know that she believed in what I called the hand of God, that she would just jump into their pool um, without knowing how to swim at all, not even knowing how to swim back to the edge. And, uh, and obviously I would jump in and grab her or my wife. She actually learned much of her swimming from my lady and going down to the pool so frequently. So, um, but let them take risks because if you, if you don't teach a child that they can push limits and take risks, then, uh, then you're, you're already boxing them in into limiting what they're willing uh, to try. And, uh, and again, that, that comes with travel as well. And I think the learning from a young age as well as the learning from a teenage or older age is very similar when it comes to learning. You know, if you're going to go, uh, when I went backpacking around Europe and I was 19, I learned so much that became part of who I am by being able to be so malleable and flexible and backpacking and not caring if I slept on the floor of a hostel and, and whatnot. And all this because not only had I learned uh, in big part as a child that I understood travel and I just adapted it to my own way of travel, um, but at the same time as a 19-year-old, I was learning about how the world is and how cultures are because obviously your comprehension of uh, these said cultures and worlds and destinations is so different at 19 than it is when you're a toddler. So, so definitely there's, there's no question that uh, the kids learn from travel and and we as adults know that we learn from travel uh, already, but, uh, but it's very different for, for kids 
for sure. The next thing I think I wanted to tell you a little bit about was some of the gear that we take when we're traveling with the kids to make it really easy. And I won't dwell on this too much, but when it comes to, um, we have little ones. We have a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a five-month-old. Uh, almost six months, I think, now. And, um, and basically, they, we take uh, a lot of Thule equipment is our go-to. And so there's the Thule Urban Glide stroller. And this stroller has really big wheels. It's, got, uh, it's high up off the ground. The wheels are uh, rubber as well. It's got suspension. It's got a fantastic shade that goes over the, the kid and 50 uh, FPV, FPV. FPV, the, the sun resistance thing. Uh, it's got straps on the back that allow you to pull down uh, the back so it's more like a bed instead of uh, sitting upright. Uh, you, it, and it's got a, a fantastic cargo spot underneath the stroller where we throw tons and tons of stuff. And this stroller has been my favorite hands down uh, since we got, uh, since we've had kids. And um, and that, yeah, it's just, it's the best. And, I've, and I have to say, I have shot for many stroller, I've shot for a few stroller companies and, uh, and I've had tried different strollers as well uh, with my brother and the, his multitude of kids. But, uh, but at the end of the day, my number one when it comes to uh, travel strollers, uh, everyday lifestyle stroller uh, is the Thule Urban Glide stroller and uh, there's the urban glide 2 which is the double one and we use um, we use the double one as well but now the kids uh, we mostly tend to take the single one when we travel although now that uh, Ariella is getting bigger we might uh, start going back to the double this trip we brought we brought the single um, fantastic fantastic travel stroller it goes through sand snow mud rain you've got rain covers you could add for it you could lock the front wheel and go jogging fantastic stroller we also happen to be disclaimer we are uh Thule ambassadors and very much proud to be so the chariot stroller is our go-to stroller also from Thule but this one is our go-to stroller for the backcountry type of adventures so cross-country skiing severe weather uh, just want to get out when for a run when it's pouring rain and you want <laughs> you got to take your kid. So, uh, so that, that stroller is uh, a fantastic one as well. Next thing, next item um, for a toddler or, or infant slash toddler, but I guess it's little toddler, uh, up to about 45 pounds, is the Thule Sapling. Now, this backpack is a child carrier backpack, and it's also got compartments to have a payload. It's got a sunshade. Uh, it's got waist straps, chest straps. And this makes it uh, a fantastic bag to carry uh, the, the children uh, in and, and everywhere and anywhere. Um, Thule just came out with a new one uh, as well. So I uh, highly recommend you check out that Thule sapling uh, stroller. Uh, what other gear do we love to take? Well, we always take as a rule of thumb, irrelevant of if we're going to a tropical or uh, winter destination uh, with the kids. Everybody has a rain jacket. Uh, everyone has a mid-layer poof uh, or sweater. Uh, everybody's got running shoes um, that are quite comfortable day day walking shoes. <laughs> we also travel with life jackets. 
Uh, Mustang Survival uh, is the brand that we shoot for and as well that we uh, deck our kids out in because uh, you never know how the life jackets might be somewhere else. And this is for, for our days spent uh, paddle boarding or on boats uh, and, and doing activities as such. Um, let me think, is there any other gear that I really wanted to mention? Well, our kids are dressed in, uh, in the majority of their clothing is, is Rema, R-E-I-M-A. And this brand uh, hails from Scandinavia and it's uh, the type of high quality adventure and daily clothing and swimsuits and shoes uh, that kids wear. So I highly, highly recommend their line of, of uh, equipment and gear for children. Uh, they are really, really top notch. And we tend to have ours in everything from uh, the swimsuit that you've seen Catalina wearing every day to uh, the snowsuits that you see her wearing when we're back uh, skiing. So I think by having great clothing for the whole family, the kids in particular, um, the right boots, socks, etc. Um, this keeps everybody uh, in good spirits wherever you may find yourself. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's uh, that's it for tonight on the gear. Um, and that's it for everything. <laughs> I uh, really appreciate uh, the, this podcast. And uh, I know um, you guys will be listening to this as soon as I post it live, but uh, really appreciate any feedback or any questions anybody might have. Um, and I guess I'll end this podcast off by saying uh, definitely try and travel with your children. It is uh, an education that few people are able to give theirs. And I think its value uh, goes definitely people don't appreciate it. The value of what a child learns. And, and a lot of parents and families have been moving to the lifestyle of either traveling in an RV or traveling internationally with families prior to the pandemic. And I think the ones that can will, will do so again. But, uh, but because they, it, is, it is an absolutely wonderful way for your kids to learn. But never forget, your children get the vibe that you give them. So if you're stressed traveling, perhaps that's not the best way for your kids to learn because then they will be stressed too. So very important to relax, go with the flow, and, uh, and take your kids out and show them that it's okay and it's good and still comfortable when the situation is uncomfortable. I'm Roberto for The Expeditioner. Thank you for listening to A Life Extraordinary tonight, and uh, I'll see you next time. Expeditioner out.